0: A day late and a dollar short. It's the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. Welcome aboard. Uh, The greatest weekend in motorsports was this past weekend, and it was extended. It was great. Uh, Great nap for Monaco GP. Fantastic Indy 500. So good that God cried harder than he ever has in Charlotte because we just needed to soak that one in on a Sunday. And then on a Monday... We had the Coca-Cola 600, a.k.a. Coke 6, intermediate tracks in NASCAR, just ooh, so good. But the best part, a 59 race winless streak was broken by young Ryan Blaney, our Yerb, as we call him over here. Huge congrats to Ryan Blaney, and we're going to talk all about it. It's me, it's Dale Tanhart. Welcome to the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. Dale, how was Indy?
1: oh god uh just absolute fucking electricity at the minimum it was so vibrant it was uh just a spectacular event a phenomenal race the weekend was as packed as i've ever seen it it was the highest attended indy 500 since 2016 which was the 100th running uh that gets an automatic boost just because it is the number 100 and it's hyped up a little bit more, right? So, 330,000 people packed in on Sunday. It was, it was awesome. It's really, really difficult. And I know I talk about it a lot. I hate that it's over, but that you really just don't get it until you get to go, until you're there, and then you understand the magnitude of the event. So, it was, uh, it was an awesome time, as always, and one of the best ones I've, I've ever been to. And the race itself just encapsulated so much drama, excitement, scary, scariness, uh, fear. It, it was amazing. It, it had every element you could ask for, and the weather was pleasant, while most years it's fucking hot as shit. But this year, like everything came together for an amazing event and an amazing
0: race. It looked so good. It looked fantastic. Like so uh, a huge shout out to everybody that joined us on Sunday over on playback.tv slash garage guys. We streamed our first IndyCar race on playback and it looked amazing watching it while we were in the stream uh if i would have been there my soul would have left my body my soul almost left my body here uh because of that number two beautiful red to yellow faded indycar piloted by joseph newgarden probably is the most coveted bet i have ever made in motorsports definitely on the top shelf i think it was it wasn't since 2014 that a driver won that race outside of the top ten, and that's something you would know. Is that is that true? I think so. No, no. Montoya and fifteen
1: definitely started outside the top ten. Montoya and fifteen, um, NBC but got their stuff wrong. I think in the let's see, I'm just gonna look it up. I think I remember like the last eight years, so that's close. But let me look.
0: Uh, Indianapolis. I'm just gonna it's look. We're gonna fact check. We're fact checking this dale's doing the lord's work on that one but yeah it was it was great man i've never really like hit a bet quite like that one. i decided that it was going to be my only bet that i made on that race um okay. 2016 rossi started 11th so 2016 okay yeah. so yes yeah, so it was a close one but yeah i can't remember exactly where new garden started i just have felt that way since the beginning of the year and i know you and i have talked about it multiple times and I was just like, I remember back in January just being like, I'm going to bet on Joseph Newgarden this year. And whenever that last caution happened, and then they red flagged it, I I thought he was in fourth. And I was like, oh, damn, there's no way, you know, that he's going to be able to do this. But then when they showed the footage of where he was when the yellow came, he was P2, and I was like, holy shit. And it was just like God opened up the heavens. Exhilarating. Yeah, that finish in person had to be wild, dude. Yeah. No,
1: when they announced... Every time they announced a red flag, the crowd went crazy and crazier each time. Like, there's controversy with the red flag deal. That's not a normal thing for IndyCar to do. NASCAR wouldn't do it either. But it was the right move for the fans. And Marcus Erickson, of course, had his comments because he he would have been the winner. He said it was unfair, dangerous. But I think for the... For the sake of the race, nobody likes to see a race in, in under caution. No. And if you have an opportunity to run it under green and it wasn't against anything in IndyCar's rule book to do it that way, then you you, you finish it. You finish the race and, and you give the fans something they want to see. So I was fine with it. I understand the controversy. It was a wacky race. I think we're bordering on the edge of disaster with racking up racking everybody up i do agree on that front on the flip side like this isn't nascar like re-racks in indycar in in this race are much more dangerous i do agree with that
0: yeah because the the way that these cars run the speeds that they're going everybody's just gonna gun it joseph newgarden just showed that he had balls of steel there was footage When they broke down that last defensive move that he made, I don't know exactly how far he was from like the pit wall, but it was crazy how close he was in that machine to like possibly hitting that to make that That, move. Yeah, dude, like that's
1: that's I tweeted about this, like I've seen people, the leaders snake really aggressively to break the draft which is what you got to do especially because second place with the current aero package that we have in IndyCar has an advantage. They definitely get an advantage. If you're if everybody's going all 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 systems go, the second place guy gets an advantage on the on the leader. The leader's kind of a sitting duck. So you do honestly that's what makes it even crazier like that snaking that new garden was doing like as dangerous as it was, it was also extremely necessary to be able to win that race. So like if you hit that, the end of that pit road wall, I think there's like an 80% chance you die at those speeds. Maybe, maybe higher. Like you're literally flirting with instant death. If you hit that inside wall, like the, just where it sticks out like that. So I do think IndyCar Maybe should impose some kind of line to you know because you just never know. Like, and that was that's what makes Joseph Newgarden, I mean, and these drivers, the bravest motherfuckers in racing. Yeah, the balls, planet.
0: the balls on the maybe for the board it, Warner. The balls yeah.
1: the board, dude. Like he laid it all on the line, bro. Maybe the guys that do Isle of Man are a little ballsier. I will I will give that credit. But um it doesn't, it doesn't discredit how ballsy that move is because you just never know like you can just have something break and you lose your steering immediately and you go head on to that wall and you're dead so it just is unbelievable balls of steel type of move pure heroics it was just breathtaking to see I I was in in awe and my dad so I, I my betting went good I'll say well because I was positive and I've never been positive on the Indy 500 because I gave two max play top five bets that I talked about on like five different podcasts throughout the week on, well, maybe not that many, but Dale center action network. I got to, to do a running hot with Nick Giffen. Uh, These dads suck podcast is a good group of guys that go to the Indy 500 every year. And I met them last year. They had me on, asked me what my locks were. And I talked about Alexander Rossi top five and Alex Flo top five, both at plus money. That Those two bets saved me from having a bad day on the Indy 500 because my outrights, once again, did not hit. Uh, but we do this draft every year with all the guys that stay in our trailer at Indy. Mm-hmm. And I've missed the draft like three years in a row because I was so hungover from Saturday night and I didn't make it. Finally, I prepped and said, I'm not... I got day drunk Saturday. Shout out to Joey Molinero, Young Mantis, and the boys over at 10 Roof. I got day drunk Saturday. Went to sleep kind of early so I could be there for the draft. There's four categories. Everybody puts in twenty bucks. Uh, it's basically a hundred sixty dollar pot. And there's four categories of winners. First out wins forty bucks. Uh, leader at the halfway point wins forty bucks. Best rookie wins forty bucks, and then winner of the race wins forty bucks. And I had Felix Rosenquist, who was leader at halfway. I had Catherine Leg, who was first out. And then my dad, who hasn't been to an Indy 500 in five years, he was the last pick in the draft because he's never participated before. And he got Joseph Newgarden, and that was his number one pick to win. So me and my dad owned our draft that we did, and the betting card went positive. But, yeah, for you to pick Newgarden as your only bet is spectacular. It's fucking crazy. And it's honestly good that you – like, haven't watched a lot of Indy 500s because my buddy JC, you know, JC Santer, yeah. uh, texted me, and was like, Of course, the one fucking year I don't bet on New Garden. Yeah. Me and Santer bet on New Garden in this race every year because we know he's the best. We're waiting for him to win it. And finally, this was the year where we lost faith because he hasn't won it. Penske did not show any speed, it seemed like, compared to the Ganassi guys, the Aaron McLaren guys. Like New Garden, I think when I look at all the practice sessions, didn't have anything that was top five, top six. Maybe once he was sixth in a practice session, but just nothing that showed you he had a car that was gonna win. Like,
0: tell you, let me, tell and then you he does, you does it. It is. Let me tell you what it is. All right, here it is, and we're, we'll 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 wrap this up because I know there's a lot of stuff in NASCAR we gotta unpack. Whenever, whenever those like since I've learned about IndyCar. And you kind of learn who the, the big names are. You learn who everyone likes, everyone knows. Like, obviously, Penske, Newgarden, our boy Scotty, Connor Daly. That's, like, some big-name guys right there, like, in the popular, you know, social media and everything else. IndyCar had a TV deal, bro. You think you think Joseph, Joseph ain't going to be out there stunned, dog? Like, he knows his position. And that's the way I look at it, man. It's just, like, this was storybook this was like a storybook year, man. I mean, they got, they had a show. I wa- I didn't get to watch all of it. I watched a little bit of it, but it just seems like whenever those kind of things happen inside of a sport, you tend to see your big names show out. They show up and show out. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, like, that's kind of crazy to say for, for someone that gambles on auto racing, you would seem to want to look a little more at statistics and, and things like that. But I don't know. There's just something about there's something about that lights, camera, action that just turns things up a notch, in my opinion. And uh, well, you know, he is a he is like, yeah, he's he's kind of the face of the sport
1: as like the top guy, as the top dog. When you Smith. look at all the all the numbers, other than Scott Dixon, but yeah, and uh, I got to give a shout out to there were some crazy wrecks in that race. Uh, Pato Ward, crazy wreck, but the craziest wreck was Kyle Kirkwood after. Felix Rosenquist spun, hit the wall. Tire flies off. Holy shit, did we catch a break with that tire not hitting anybody.
0: That was a shout
1: out. Yeah. Oh, man, that's they got to they got to do something to address that. But what is the answer? I don't know. I don't know enough about what can they do to make like the suspension the tether's stronger to
0: make that tire not pop away like that. But so I got to give a... Playbacks sh- said that they should put up batting cage netting out out there. for netting. Well... Just in case, yeah. You know. I feel like they got enough money to make the fences taller. I think we can make the fences a
1: little bit taller. Because I noticed... I think the fences uh, that are guarding the infield... Like, I sit in turn three. And I before that had happened, I was looking at those fences. And I was like, man, those fences are kind of low because... When these cars get airborne, they they go up there, dude. They get high. So I, that just was like a random thought I had. Different situation that ended up occurring. But shout out to our girl Robin, who was the I guess the victim when it comes to her car was the one the car that was hit by that tire. And snowball. then, yes, yeah, yeah. snowball, poor snowball, that Chevy Malibu. I mean, and then, and then the speedway gave her uh, like a it just showed her around the track. Helped her out. I'm sure they're, there's going to be more to that. They're going to help her and accommodate her much more than what we've seen so far. At least I hope they do. But it seemed they like they heard
0: well. Like, she should get a new car. I, I would say that, like, I mean... The they should give, give her that know. fucking... They should give her that
1: pace car that was in that picture. They should give her that Chevy Camaro, that convertible. I
0: thought they were giving it to her. But I, I haven't seen confirmation that it actually happened. Yeah, after well, that would be watching, nice. After watching her little interview that she did, I talked a little bit about that on the report. Um, I just was like, of all the names to name a car, I was like, Snowball. It reminded me of like some you would name like a pet gerbil. I was like, eh, hopefully we can get her, yeah, like, you know, get her like some some good names for the next one. But I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. I thought it was kind of funny. Dang, that Snowball but, Snowball
1: got demolished, boy. Yeah. If you haven't been to the Indy 500, please go. You will have a good time. It is the greatest spectacle in racing for a variety of reasons. Next year, I got to get some of my boys to come back with me because this year was like me and dad and then like our crew that comes from all over the country or whatever.
0: Um, But I got to go to the Snake Pit at least one more time before I feel too old. I'll be there next year. I used to grow. I'll be 32 Whenever we go, so you, you don't feel too bad. Don't feel too old. When you see the crowd, though,
1: dude, I, I think we've talked about this. I swear there's fucking 15, 16-year-old
0: people in there just getting oh, drunk and high, and high. 2019 was when I first realized I was at a Juice World concert, dude, and I realized I was out of place real fast, dude. I was like, God, dude, I'm, like, way too old to be here. Yeah, yeah. see, that's tough, man. 32 is – that's
1: I, – I think – Man, I think before thirty is the ultimate cutoff to hop up in there. We should get on stage. I, I feel is. like being on stage will be okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's what Connor. Connor does it every year. He gets up on stage. I mean, I look awesome. at it this way: if if we're still going to find a way to like do the double, um, you know, with, with Larson, you know, I feel like I feel like get, getting on stage at the Snake Pit should definitely be like a part of that checkbox. So we'll figure that one out. But, yeah, I will definitely be there next year, and everything that Dale is telling you guys is so true. I went there at half capacity, and it changed my life. So, just imagine what it would have been like if you'd have been there this time. thousand yeah, plus people. And and next year, Kyle
1: Larson being in it with, I think, a legit shot to win it makes the stakes even higher, dude.
0: It's going to be great. Uh, moving on to the Coke 6 shout out ryan blaney again for getting that win did not see that one coming at all uh i I had all my outrights were pretty much stacked up on chevy and toyota um william byron was kind of like my big play finished p2 i believe same yeah it just like i i bet that mainly because of the rain and the weather him starting on the pole i was like you know this makes sense and it just made sense kind of like a hometown guy and being around that area. But again, it just didn't prevail. It just didn't seem like he had it on the long run, but going into the race towards the beginning of it, man, it's just the intermediate tracks. They just continue to impress. The racing was definitely, it wasn't as crazy as last year. I think a lot of that had to do, uh, with, you know, the improvements that have been made on the tires. Uh, cause I think a lot of the issues came from just the tires going crazy last year, but, uh, there were some surprises and some things that, uh, that happened in that race that have really taken over the news. And I guess it's a great time to start with the, uh, Chase Elliott suspension that has been handed down. Denny demanded it and there's clear footage. There was data that Denny Hamlin provided on this all happening and whether you think it's right or wrong it, it's already been set down corey lajoy is taking over the nine going into the uh, enjoy illinois 300 next week which will be there hopefully we'll see you but a uh, big big day big moment for corey lajoy to be able to do that but the incident itself man um i know that you had tweeted about wanting to talk about this one so go ahead and kick it off and i'll give my thoughts after yeah, no, I um, I think we just we have to step
1: back and be fair here because there's a lot of Chase Elliott fans, and there's a lot of irrational Chase Elliott fans, and we knew that before. And you can go on any social media forum or any kind of thing that discusses this, and you will find even more irrational Chase Elliott fans. We got to be fair about this, uh, and look. We're Hooters guys, who's obviously a partner of Chase LA. We love Hooters. We love Chase. I think this isn't as much knocking Chase as it is knocking the right rear hook. It's just it's unacceptable in racing. Um, and obviously there's even more of a microscope on that kind of move because I think there's a lot of people, a lot of fans that feel more concerned about the safety of these cars. But even without you know, the debatable is this car like not as safe as the car we used to have. It's still unacceptable to right rear hook somebody on us in a in a stock car race. It's it's the most dangerous thing that can happen. Uh it's the most dangerous move a driver can make to a competitor, I think. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. So um and, and on the other side, or not on the other side, but to add on to that. This would hurt NASCAR so badly if they didn't act this way, because you would just lose credibility. the The sport would lose a, a sense or just way too much credibility if they didn't go this route. And if the sport loses credibility for not suspending Chase, it hurts everybody inside NASCAR. It hurts the teams. It hurts the drivers. Long term, I think it hurts Chase Elliott. It hurts Hooters. It hurts everybody. If NASCAR doesn't make this call, because if fans look at NASCAR as unreliable, lack credit, lacking credibility, then they're gonna feel similarly about everything inside the sport as well. You know, so I just I think it's the right call. I think if you disagree with that, you are a very irrational Chase Elliott fan. I am a Chase Elliott fan. We know him like we're buddies with him. We're buddies with with. Several people at Hendrick Motorsports love Hooters, but I think it doesn't matter that it's Chase. It matters only what the action is, and they suspended Bubba Wallace. They set the tone in 2022 when he did this to Kyle Larson at Las Vegas. I don't see anything really different here, except Bubba's looked worse because he had to drive down four lanes to get Larson. Bottom line is Chase clearly and the the data didn't lie right like NASCAR didn't make this call because Chase admitted it they made this call because they looked at the data they looked at the replay and it was evident that it was a it was intentional you know so I think it's the right call I think we just have to be fair and realize it doesn't matter who it is if you make if you perform this act on a racetrack in in the top level of stock car racing you should pay something for it and I think a suspension is a good step uh, and, and as an appropriate payment, as an appropriate consequence to performing this action.
0: That's all you can ask for. You know, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying here, you know, just to back up again. Yeah, like definitely like Chase and, and we're Hooters guys. We support, you know, the guy in the nine. He's a great dude. But, I mean, when you're in that car, And there is evidence showing that you did something you were not supposed to that does not cancel out just one guy, even though, because I think the big thing people were talking about from what I saw is like, are they going to suspend him? Because the last time this happened, the ratings dropped. It's like you, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if the ratings drop or whatever else, like, just like you said, it would just be a total clown move because it would show that some people can do things and other people can't. So they have to be, you know, very strictly enforced when it comes to uh, things like that. What, What I don't think enough people are talking about and what I like the most in this situation is the fact that Denny Hamlin has really gotten to this point where he is just taking shit in his own hands by him, tweeting out that data, making it public, just showing the world, Like, you know, we're not going to keep this shit behind closed doors anymore. Like, we're going to be straight up. And I really think that that whole deal that happened with him earlier in the year where he had to go through the appeals process, him now having a podcast, having that platform to really speak on what's happening, you know, that's the kind of things that people that are up in boardrooms and things like that can get afraid of. And so I think that Denny is just really – flexing his muscle right now and and i think he's doing a great job with it because he's like i'm not gonna put up with bullshit anymore if something wrong happens and nobody wants to say anything or do anything i'm just gonna do it myself these are these are real renegade moves from denny hamlin and i've gained so much more respect for him over the years i know a lot of people talk shit about denny and hate on denny I see every driver in that garage is just, is a man or a woman. And I try to get to know them and I try to understand them and see them. Denny's doing a great job of showing that like, Hey, if we're going to make rules, then we're going to let the public, the fans, everyone know about them. We're going to put everything out there for the people so that they can see as well. And then we'll move forward from there. So I love the fact that he's taking things in his own hands and he's using his platform to really, yeah. Because that's that's what that's like being informed is is a good thing. And I think it's great for the fans, too, because like, think about all the people that maybe are, you know, and this isn't just like a Chase Elliott thing, but You know, you said there are a lot of irrational Chase Elliott fans. There's a lot of irrational fans for most drivers. NASCAR fans are the most passionate fans in all of sports. And I've seen a lot of sports out there, and I have not seen one other sport where you have somebody that would do the type of shit when they have a favorite driver. So maybe by him doing some of these things that he's done this year, it's really helped you know, some of these fans learn and see, and and maybe they're, I I have a a really good feeling. There are a lot of Chase Elliott fans out there that saw that and they're like, yeah, well, you know, Chase is still our guy. We still love Chase, but yeah, from what we're seeing here from Denny, uh, it wasn't the way it should have been. And now there's proof here on it. Yeah. yeah, It's it's opening some people's eyes up.
1: I think a lot of people are seeing it as Denny complaining. I see it as him making NASCAR, forcing NASCAR to make right decisions, (laughs) honestly. Right. Because it's a good thing. Yeah, it's some he's keeping them on their on their toes because he's given everybody access. And NASCAR has done a better job of giving us access to some of these things too. I don't know I, I would be lying if I said I knew that we could access that telemetry. I don't know that if we can. But like NASCAR is having more in-car cameras, like they have an in-car camera everywhere. There's more accessibility that's happening, and Denny Hamlin is definitely helping that. Like I don't I don't see this as a Denny complaint. I see this as like, a it, it it may it helped NASCAR make the right decision, which you know, I think NASCAR can definitely see that telemetry anyway, but, you know, if they make that decision, and they don't do it. and then didn't post that telemetry after, oh, it's just disastrous for the for the public image of the sport. And um, everything went how it's supposed to go. I mean, that that's obviously, you don't want to see that happen on the track. But it happens. Bubba did it. I like Bubba Wallace, you know. I like Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon fucking did it. And like one of the worst situations you could do, like taking somebody out of a championship, essentially. Jeff Gordon did it. Tony Stewart's done shit like that. Like some of the sports greatest drivers have done something like this before. And uh it's just it's just a temper. It's a it's a heat of the moment situation, and everybody makes mistakes. So I don't want to sit here and say it's a Chase Elliott issue when a lot of other drivers have done it before. And right now, I, I am concerned because there's definitely it seems like there's more and more of this happening over the past couple of years than in prior years, which is concerning to me. And it goes back to what we discuss and what we've uh, simply heard and seen in basic news stories that the driver etiquette is really bad right now in NASCAR, and it is. And this adds more fuel to that fire. And I hope something happens not on the track. I just hope something happens internally that stops things like this happening because there's just a, there's just some kind of disrespect that that's floating around between all the drivers and and the teams. And and to some extent that's cool. And then when it turns into this, it's not cool anymore.
0: I just hope that what Denny's really kind of doing right now, other drivers see it and that, you know, I don't think the other drivers see it as complaining. I think the other drivers see it as keeping people people of their word.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's just fans. It's just some fans, especially like Hendrick fans that,
0: yeah, oh, Denny complained. But you're going to have, I mean, you're always going to have outside opinions and you're always going to have those kinds of things. What matters most is is that what Denny did was, in my opinion, the right thing by keeping people accountable and holding people accountable. And he's just doing it in his own way. So hopefully we will see more drivers do that kind of stuff. If if the fans want to call that complaining, so be it, you know, it is what it is. And that's just the way that I see it. But um, I haven't got to listen to his podcast. I know that a lot of people were talking about it. I'll definitely have to check that out at some point just to kind of hear a little bit more about what he had to say, but um, it is going to be, a, uh, an exciting weekend. Uh, we know that, you know, the Enjoy Illinois 300 Gibbs has been pretty great. Um, you know, they showed that they were pretty good at this track last year. So, you know, as long as uh, Denny and Chastain, I guess, don't try to get into it again. Uh, hey, they-
1: yeah, you know, uh, Ross Chastain, first time ever. He was not in any kind of t- conversation or spotlight, I feel like, this past weekend. And, and oh, no, he stopped, man. It, man. He was not bridges. good.
0: Kip Richards had something to say about it. Kip Richards thinks that everything that happened here was was Ross Chastain. He he has yeah. a conspiracy theory, a very big conspiracy theory. Everybody should check out on the report. It's uh, gets a little wild, but uh, you know that's Kip. That's what he does. And uh, so yeah. But um, yeah, but, Chastain, but- that was crazy for me. Like I think what we figured out about Ross and Trackhouse. Uh, we, we chatted a little bit about it on playback. Uh, and, and I, I'm interested to get your thoughts on it here. Uh, you know, he finished 22nd in this race. It seems like Ross and the whole track house team, they, they really rely on on the practice and qualifying, man, because like this was a little unusual of, of, an, of a performance for that team at an intermediate track this year. This is the first time that he's well, outside of the top 12.
1: I disagree because Fontana, we had no practice in qualifying, and they unloaded with the best car in the field. Yeah, maybe you're right. He led like he led like a fucking 140 laps at Fontana, and uh, so and also Daniel Suarez was fast, but Daniel Suarez re- ran into Kyle Busch when he spun out, and then his day was done. Basically, his car was slow. He had
0: what happened to Ross. Uh,
1: Ross was not good from the beginning, but Ross got I don't know what wreck it was. Of course, like. We had another 600 where it was super exciting. There was a lot of wrecks, a lot of drivers on edge. Ross was involved in something and had splitter damage. I can't remember what it was. Because at one late in the race, he was like a roadblock on the track, and he was just getting lapped or, or just getting passed by everybody. But he had damage later, but his car w- was still not good. He did not have a good run even before he obtained some kind of damage or contact. And I can't remember where it was, but the race itself we can't understate that or overstate that it was awesome it, it was an amazing race you know the indy 500 was i think on its own but the coke 600 was good it was dramatic it had storylines it had uh it, it had a lot of excitement for a, a monday event as well like uh yeah i mean it was, it was very compelling
0: it was Everybody's off work. It's Memorial Day. They did a great job with the on the broadcast as well. So I did get to catch some of that. Yeah, Danny McBride in the booth. That was cool. Yeah. That was incredible, man. Like that's like anytime Danny McBride's involved in anything, like I'm all about it. And he was there promoting the Righteous Gemstones new season coming up. They actually are going to have something in this season where they sponsor a car, like their church sponsors a car. I wish they could have got Morgan Shepherd involved. In that, season. right? Maybe they did. Who knows? But I, I, he didn't have a lot to say in the booth, but
1: he was funny. But I think it's cool that he stuck around on a Monday, right? Like most celebrities w- would oh, dip got out. Paid.
0: He got paid for sure. Like, but hmm. I mean,
1: it's probably, it probably wasn't his responsibility to hang out there again for another day. He wanted to so, be I, Yeah. Like I, I do think he wanted to be there. Like that was cool. But, um, Yeah, just added a little bit. It added more flair to the event. And uh, yeah, I think I had to watch in the car uh, for most of it. Me and dad got home and got to watch like the last 40 laps. Mm -hmm. But I did actually think this broadcast was better. This broadcast was a lot better than than what we've had for the most part uh, with Fox in 2023. Uh, Doesn't doesn't take away from the fact that it's been a, you know, bad year for Fox, I think because, and even worse because people, the big Twitter thing that I saw that's popped off is somebody comparing like the Indy 500 broadcast, which was electric, lovely Diffie, always have comparing that broadcast call to the Daytona five hundreds broadcast call. And it's just not even close, man, night and day difference on the electricity level. So I don't want to get in that topic of like talking about Fox, but uh, I, the broadcast was better and it was a great race. And everybody, I think everybody except some of the Chase Elliott fans were pretty happy with everything that happened because Ryan Blaney is as likable as, as it gets in the sport. Yeah, And not even just that, the fucking celebration that Joseph Newgarden did was unbelievable, dude. That was so awesome. That was so fucking awesome. And then Blaney did it, and then Justin Allgaier did it Monday night. So, man, that was sick. And that I think that really, it's kind of crazy. I think it's a stupid idea, especially Joseph Newgard, because those those stands were fucking packed, and he just ran up in there, dude, like yeah. right on the start oh, finish line.
0: He won the yeah.
1: Oh my god, it it stupid. You know, it's crazy, but. It wasn't as crazy as probably the moves he made in the last lap, but it's still crazy and amazing and awesome. And then it started, it started like a movement, clearly was an influence to the NASCAR drivers that won the following Monday night, and they both did it. So that was a really cool deal.
0: I don't think it should be overdone. It should definitely be right, agreed. Real day tradition, especially for Penske. You know, I I know that was. I didn't watch the Xfinity race. I didn't know that, that Algar did it, but shout out to him. Yeah, Late- I do
1: agree. I do think it should be like, a uh, don't, don't overblow it. Right. Don't yeah. overblow it. But yeah, J- Justin Allgaier is obviously very likable too. So like that race was a great cherry on top. It's uh, fuel mileage event. Everybody's, Worried about running out of gas, like, oh, added another great element to the racing weekend. And, you know, I got to give a shout out. Uh, We didn't talk trucks. Truck race was good. It was a good race. But I got to give a shout out to Ben Rhodes for winning. Brother Ben got it done Mm -hmm. uh, and helped my uh, preseason over bet over one and a half wins. So thank you, Ben. Didn't have him that night. But Dean Thompson, the unlikeliest of heroes of the weekend. I had 30 to one for a top three. 11 to 1 for a top five. The bet of the weekend outside of your Joseph Newgarden play Dean Thompson in the truck race getting a top three at 30 to 1. One of my best bets ever. And then a top five at 11 to 1. Anyway, Saved my ass. Dean
0: Thompson was. That dude sounds like a guy that works at the fish house, bro. Like, yeah. Well, it's a fish house name. Yeah. I mean, very unlikely, very unlikely hero, but
1: the guy's been been fast this year hasn't been able to get the finishes but has shown glimpses of speed and we threw a fucking dart and it it worked out and in that case still didn't have a great betting weekend you know it could have been better but um that was a cool
0: highlight at least to you know give a highlight in the truck race and yeah like nascar um, i don't know how in the fuck i had five outrights and i had three top tens and i somehow but thank thank god for ricky stenhouse jr and chris busher i didn't i did not i didn't even know chris busher finished in the top ten i had to unfortunately at stage four i had forgot that i made uh, my mother a promise and i had to go take care of that so i had to leave the playback stream in stage four i didn't i listened to the rest of the race on prn and um and which I love PRM, by the way, great, great calls on that radio. I'm a big radio race listener too. So I, I kind of like that. And, um, I didn't even know that Busher finished in the top 10, but those two top 10 bets literally it helped me to finish 0.75, uh, plus on the NASCAR <laughs> Coke six, dude. Yeah. I was just like, man, okay. Like that, it could have been way worse. So it was, yeah, a- I,
1: my weird. outrights, you know, I was happy in that moment. Cause I, I like Blaney, you know, good friend of the show. And, uh, it's been a while since he's won. His interview is very emotional. It was a cool moment, yeah. but my fucking outrights, my top three outrights finished second, third and fourth, William Byron second. Um, who is, who finished third? Did you have Reddick? Did you take Red Dog? No, Reddick finished fifth. Yeah, uh, Bubba finished fourth. Who finished third? Was it Truex?
0: Yeah, Truex. Yeah. You had Truex.
1: Yeah, yeah. My, I literally my first three bets of the weekend on outrights were. I want to verify that though.
0: Yeah, uh, my did, first three did. bets of the weekend. I had were uh, Truex, I had, Byron, and Bubba. I didn't take Truex, but that was a good that was a good call. He he actually did pretty well. I should have thought. His, that but his Bubba pit crew nowhere
1: yeah yeah baba baba and truex's pit crew killed them dude killed them yep. that night and byron's pit crew was the reason why he finished second honestly byron probably had a fifth place car but him having that number 1 pit stall and probably the best pit crew in the business and good he would on. dude he would get off first he'd go from 4th to 1st 4th to 1st every fucking pit stop i mean that is so Obviously, yes, the number one pitch saw health, but that is really impressive by his pit crew to be that
0: good every single stop. I mean, that team. was clutch, dude. That is the team, man, and that's that was one of my main points when talking about betting on this race. Was you got to make sure that not only do you have a guy with a good car, but that pit crew has to be top fucking notch for this kind of race. Yeah, we went on
1: uh we went on serious, and I talked about Byron. Like everything has just gone right for him. And he's got all the elements to win a championship with his talent level, with being in the right place at the right time, fast race cars, and probably the best pit crew in the sport right now. Like, he's got everything going his way. So Ooh. he's always a good guy to bet on, and I bet him for a top
0: five. Because I, I was like, it's, beard. it's everything's going Christ. right. Willie Beard, all out, like, when it's ever since he grew the beard, man, I remember seeing him at the Clash earlier this year, and he had a beard. And I'm like, he going beard this year? And he was like, yeah, man. He was like i'm doing it and then when we talked to him atlanta he was he was still rocking dude willie beard in the house dude benjamin
1: um, bill we still gotta we can't let that go away though
0: no I, i'm i'm still sad i mean like i know kyle larson ran away at north Wilkesboro. i really wanted william byron to win that so oh I mean, no But
1: oh, god damn they were bad if there was one race they were terrible it was the fucking all-star race yeah like, i bet on him too million
0: dollars bro like you don't want a million. that's the only reason i bet on him dale was because of what we of had. our fucking interview yeah, yeah was, i was like yeah. i need benjamin bill to to come to fruition like fuck i thought he'd actually
1: be fast though but definitely you know definitely gives you some uh you know uh, it makes it more enticing when we we have that interaction with him and we said he'd change his handle if he won the million but um yeah, no, I, I, it was a great weekend, man. It was a great weekend for the sport, great, great weekend for IndyCar. It's just, man, what a weekend! I, it always flies by, even with the Coke Six Hundred being on Monday, I, it flew by so quick, dude. It all flew by so fast. Now, if you were only watching NASCAR,
0: probably felt like an eternity because everything kept getting rained out. Mm-hmm.
1: Add a little bit of uniqueness to the weekend, but
0: um kept me out of a swimming pool I'll tell you that I had entire day plans like we had an entire family day family memorial day planned we were supposed to be going to the in-laws my in-laws and we had they had the pool up barbecue and all that I had I missed that I ate a plate I got I did get a plate so at least I got that so that was good got to eat some ribs whenever I got home um but yeah I missed out on that but yeah I mean still at the same time like I remember waking up i and i never do this but like i woke my ass up at like seven o'clock on sunday and i really tried to watch the formula one race i fell asleep that is not a joke i straight up took a nap during that race the grid walk was fucking great though it was pretty funny because orlando bloom was like high on coke and like the interviews that they oh, were I didn't doing, see that yeah i talked about it on the report i had a whole deal talking about orlando bloom and then uh Maria Sharapova brawlessly giving Max Verstappen a pole award. Uh there's just a lot of a lot of weird things like we need to we need to get celebrities to give pole awards in NASCAR. I think that that's what we're missing here, you know. like a random celebrity that has nothing to do with racing. Let's bring them to give out pole awards.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, I did watch um I was on the grid for the Indy 500. So I missed the end because I was in the media center watching Monaco. And then I was like, I, I, Verstappen had a 41-second lead when I was watching. I was like, okay, I mean, I know how this is going to go. So I didn't see the end, but just uh, yeah, the, the repetitive beat down by Red Bull, as we've seen throughout 2023, big yawn fest. Yeah. Uh, for the Netflix subscribers. No, oh,
0: 22 overtakes, Dale. There was 22 overtakes, all by Sergio Perez, because he had to start. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. That's <laughs> fucking spectacular, dude.
0: Right? Yeah. It really gets the
1: blood flowing, dude. That is Monaco, though. Like, not... Yeah. Not, Monaco has not been super competitive in the majority of the last however many years, but it's a really cool... Like,
0: that's a, still a bucket list place I would want to go. Twenty twenty Netflix and yachts. Yeah. Netflix and yachts, dude. That's kind of sick. 2025, looks- I've already made up my mind. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going and we're, and we're going to get the. I'm getting the river boat. I'm going to find a way to do that. Like, I'm probably going to get arrested and like bring it, a like, shitty fishing boat out there that like only yeah. seats two people. Yeah. But blaring way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, dude. Yeah. Like, that'd I'm be an awesome full meme. I want you like at the, at the at the bow of the boat, like in your get up. Just like, I have, yeah. a I have finally made it to Formula One. Like, yeah. You know, that voice. I don't know. What does he sound like, by the way? What what is your what is your Formula One guy that like lives uh in your basement of your house? What does he sound like? He sounds like a big old pussy. Can you get him? Can you grab like him a big
1: say hi a, a big like the greatest lisp you could ever imagine? Um estrogen takes estrogen pills, you know, like that's
0: it's beyond, dude. Yeah.
1: Ponytail wearing, uh chubby cheek. Uh, blonde bangs you know that's that's what we're talking about here All right, when- I stole that last part from Dr. Disrespect I know somebody who's a doc fan is probably like but that honestly like when I hear doc if you know who the doc is if you watch him when he says that when he says that I like talking about no life's like stream snipers calls them pussies and blonde bang chubby cheek like estrogen like <laughs> that's what I think of with a typical Netflix subscriber that's what I think of so yeah all I, right. I don't think I'll make a voice for him. Though. I think it's better to leave it up to the imagination.
0: All right, all right. That works. I was going to say yeah, we should get him on the pod one day, you know, but I was like, nah, never mind. It would hurt people's ears. It would be bad. Yeah. We'll like we'll get him to like read, but like we'll we'll just mute his entire audio and just put captions. Maybe braille. You know, something like that. Um Yeah. But yeah, no, I actually, you were talking about being on the grid. I had a buddy of mine that does a formula one podcast. Uh, it's the number one formula one podcast in the world. Actually, he, uh, uh he, he sent me a video DM on Instagram of somebody had filmed you walking on the grid. Um, Oh he, yeah. He was like, Dale, he was like, look at old Dale. And I was just like, Lord have mercy. I was like, that boy's stunting. Like you had them Hooters pants on, dude, you was just out there. You was on a mission. You know, Dude,
1: I was like in La La Land. I'll be honest with you. I was just enjoying the, the video I saw. Yeah, I was so and I was so stunned just seeing everything because I never had that vantage point at the Indy 500. And I still like right. Be- I had a timer basically like right before the national anthem started. I'm jetting to turn three to get to my seats. But in that moment, you know, I, I took some pictures, took some videos and tried to cover it as best as I could and it was unbelievable oh my god i just you watch the from, energy
0: level is watch fucking. with your dad in the stands
1: yeah 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 cool, cool. i i want to, unless i'm in the snake pit or like go you know have another activity i'm always going to try to watch it in the same seats i've been watching it for you know a decade plus so seats. i think yeah yeah they they are good seats but yeah no i um I could blab on and on about Indy, and I don't want to bear. I don't. No. I don't want everyone to, have to bear that. But I do want to point out um, negative side of things. Kind of hilarious though. Like on the flip side of everything positive about Indy, negative thing about NASCAR that happened recently: Chase Briscoe uh, in trouble. We've seen one of the greatest fines in the history of the sp- one of the greatest penalties in general in the history of the sport: two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. Six race suspension for crew chief, uh Johnny Klausmeier. 125 point penalty, 25 playoff points. Oh my god, what a decimating penalty to Chase Frisco. All for uh it said uh, a, uh w- w- counterfeiting, counterfeiting a a part, and it's some kind of part that cools the engine. And Stuart Haas racing, uh Greg Zipidelli, Already came out and said, like, we're not appealing, like, should have never been on the car. It was a mistake. That's crazy, dude. And they are so slow on these intermediates. Yeah, dude, he did not have a good day
0: at all. Like, he
1: survived and gained, he he basically gained spots because
0: people were wrecking. Wow. And I mean, on with the engineering department, dude. Dude, because
1: it's so crazy because Kevin Harvick was somewhat competitive. Like, Ford found something in this race for well, Blaney right. to win, Brad K had a rocket ship. If he doesn't get wrecked or or have his wheel his loose wheel and then wrecks, Brad K would have been a factor in
0: in that race at the end. No doubt in my mind, Ford yeah. found something. I I don't know what it could have been, but they definitely did because we all talked about it, right? Like nobody I don't think anybody really saw. There, there were people that bet on Blaney obviously, but but it was more the people that I saw that bet on Blaney were betting on him due to value, huge. Yeah, his price. Roto Doc uh, actually hit Blaney, and and what I loved about it, I had a good conversation with him on Monday. It was the first time that he went against his data, and I was like, man, like, doesn't it just feel good like when you just use kind of like your intuition? To, and, like, we we had a long talk about that because the majority of my bets, like, you know me. You know I'm a big intuition guy. And so to see someone like him that's very strict on his process to kind of teeter from that and then benefit from it was really fucking cool. So huge shout out to Nick Gaffin, Roto Doc. Uh, you know,
1: I got to say, I just realized, you know, we were on, remember, we were on Sirius XM mm-hmm. the Thursday before with Chocolate Myers and, and John Roberts one of the picks I gave because chocolate asked me about the Fords and my, my advice was pin them against each other. Cause I mean, I don't think anybody thought they were going to be like as good as Hendrick or as good as Gibbs or twenty three eleven. But I did say, you know, Blaney's been one of the fast forwards. He's been better than Logano overall on speed. He's plus money to Joey. Take Ryan Blaney against Joey Logano, And if I could, like, he's, he was sitting at like 22 to one, man, like, Oh, And, and he ran, you know, he finished like third. I think it was at Kansas. He finished third or fourth. Like there has, there could have been a sign there. The evidence was there. Glimpses. Glimpses God. that, yeah, glimpses that he's been, that he's been kind of fast, right? Like, yeah. But fuck me, dude. Ford collected, not collectively, but there were several fast forwards in that race. Chris Buescher was good early. Brad Kay, I think. God, Brad K was good. If he doesn't have a problem, he would have been a deciding factor in that race. Blaney obviously was great. Harvick led some laps at one point and, you know, borderline top 10. But then when you look at Almirola and Priest and especially Chase Briscoe, what the fuck is going on there? Yeah. I thought he'd be a championship contender this year, and it has just gone so south.
0: Well, I think it, it just has a lot to do with the performance, like like with what you're saying about Kevin, like Rodney Childers, I feel like has a big thing to do with why Kevin can be consistent. Like, yeah, just not. that veteran camaraderie, man. Yeah, man, that's a good. It's like it's like Hamlin and Gabe Hart, man. I mean, like that's those teams, you know. When you look at them, you're like, okay, when these guys are together, they can make some shit happen. One thing that I do want to point out that kind of is in that same category. We, I mean, we saw another great run from Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Mike Kelly. These two guys together. Oh yeah. Got something, dude. Like, I mean, Ricky basically stayed around and hung around the top 10 the entire race. Like, the improvements that JTG has made this year have been outstanding, and it's just so good to see our guy having some success like that. I know it it's not a Ford, but it still I'm just super fucking pumped and proud. That they they found a way to, to get a guy in there and get someone on the box for him that can make the, the gel stick like that.
1: Yeah. And, and there, yeah, there's something there. And a lot of times you see guys win a Daytona 500 and they just, you know, they're, they don't match that ever again, at least in that season or, or, or whatever. But they've been matching top 10 runs, top boarded around top fives and their bad days. A lot of times their bad days are top 15s, and that is a sign of borderline championship caliber. I, I don't want to say that they're a championship caliber team, but you can Chase Briscoe is a guy that proved last year, you know, on the same in this these two subjects together. Chase Briscoe kind of proved that you can point your way into a championship contender here because Chase won one race last year, which was at Phoenix way early in the season. And then he made the top eight, right? Like he made the top eight just from surviving by getting good finishes. So when we see this with Ricky, they're getting good finishes. If you survive and your bad days become top 15s, even though you're not winning, your good days are hanging around the top five, getting some stage points, and your bad days are top 15 runs, that's a good sign
0: at this point in the season. Absolutely. Do you know off the top of your head if there have been any type of changes in the box for Briscoe? Has there been any department people come in and out from last year to this year? I don't think. I think he's got the same crew chief.
1: I don't think so, man. I, I that's not enough that to make know. a difference. Yeah. But but check that out. One thing we can say, which has gotten worse, but overall, Chase Briscoe was not great on intermediates in twenty twenty two. His better cars, his better finishes and runs were Phoenix. They were he was really good at Gateway before he had a tire problem. Yeah. Uh, so he was good at Martinsville in the fall race. So they weren't good at intermediates last year. Really, his one bright moment at the intermediates was at this race last year when he was battling Larson for the win and spun out. But Something the fall happen. off, the fall off is crazy because, like, man, just running 30th, running 30th. And I like Chase Frisco, man. I really like that, dude. I think he's a wheel man. I think he's a talent. I think this is a race car problem, not a Chase Briscoe problem. Let's make that clear. This is a race car problem and something deeper within Stuart Haas. Maybe it's a crew chief problem. I don't know. Uh, Johnny we'll Klausmeier has been around for a while. We're
0: going to but... find out if that if, if those kind of things are the case cause due to suspensions and things like that. So Yeah. Well, well we definitely out. had to bring that up because that was kind of breaking news when we recorded. <laughs> no, for sure. One thing that I feel like kind of got swept under the rug was the whole Amarola and Bubba Wallace little. T- oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, I never would have thought that I would see a guy like Bacon Boy try to uh, start some shit with Bubba and Bubba. Basically, like th- I'll quickly go over it because it- nothing really happened. But Amarola was like all up all pissy and he pushed Bubba Bubba actually started laughing and then put his finger in his face but all the clips you saw they they cut that part out like I saw an actual fan video from the stands Bubba like had his finger all up in his face and he just stood there and took it like and that's why I started just calling him like he ain't he he don't want the smoke he's the microwave sizzle bacon boy but
1: I don't that was dude I mean and I tweeted this like I've yeah, I've been watching Alvarola for 15 years, probably.
0: Yeah.
1: I've never seen him, do. never have I ever seen him involved in any kind of confrontation that way. And Bubba kind of said in his post-race stuff that, you know, this, and people, some guys, some good reporters kind of dug around and found some stuff from 2018 when Bubba replaced Almarola The relationship there apparently was not good based on attacks that Almarola sent. Bubba whenever he took over the 43 apparently it was not friendly I'd be um, too so, Marola, to be honest <laughs> so. well I mean Bubba it, whatever happened on track was whatever it definitely looked like a whatever deal Almarola gets out and approaches him and says hey why'd you flip me off because he said Bubba flipped him off after they had very light contact and then I, he said Bubba was cussing him and just being disrespectful and then he shoved him and said I'm not going to take that And I, I don't know I don't know. It, it's just, it's more fuel to the fire of what's been a really exciting, dramatic year. And it's also more fuel to the fire of fucking fucked up driver etiquette in the sport right now. So there's some fun to it and then there's some not so much fun. But I don't really know like if there's a side I could really take here. I feel like it's uh, Bubba called him two faced. Um,
0: I could see that.
1: But, but Almarola, like also, if you know, Almarola walked up to him and was just like, "Why'd you? Hey, why'd you flip me off? What what happened?" And then he said, "Bubba was an asshole." And clearly, by that video footage, Bubba said something that just pissed him off. You know, so I don't know. I'm not really taking a side here, but I feel like you got to do something. You you got to be, you got to do something to get Eric Almarola pissed off when he shoves you right. You got to be a smart ass to do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's an interesting deal, man. There's been so many storylines.
0: I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm whatever with it. Like, it's just that was the last person I ever expected to see in any type of confrontation. So I it was-, was,
1: it was Ralph fault. That's just yeah. where we should leave this at. Yeah,
0: like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now. Yeah. Moving forward, let let's get ready to talk about the weekend ahead. So NASCAR is heading to St. Louis for the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. If you didn't already know. Dale and I will be there this weekend, so I hope to see anybody that listens to this podcast, anybody that's fans of what we do here at Garage Guys. I hope to see you guys out there. If you are out there and you see us, do not be a stranger. Say hello. Say what's up. We love talking and meeting the Garage Fam. Uh, We do have a link. I will have it in the description of this podcast. If you click on that link, you can go buy your tickets to the race this weekend if you haven't already done that. uh, That is our official link for you to purchase tickets. And the big news is on Sunday at 9 a.m., we will be on the main stage in the Midway doing our first Garage Talk live with A.J. Uh So I did that announcement on the Garage Guys report, announcing it here as well. Uh, I, I cannot wait. We have not got to do a Garage Talk sit-down with A.J. Almendinger in the history of Garage Guys. He is a fantastic guy, electric personality. Cannot wait to sit and talk with him for our time that we're going to have on the stage. So if you're going to be out there, make sure you're there at 9 a.m. Be there to support Garage Guys. Wear your Garage Guys hats, your shirts. You can get them on DailyDownForce.com. Make that happen. Um, but yeah, uh, we're, we're going to talk bets, too.
1: Yeah, we're opening. Uh, forgive me if you said this. I was clapping. We're opening for uh, John Roberts and Kenny Wallace. We're like the opener to the NASCAR race day, right? Like, we're like the – we're like the – uh It's like a, it's like a concert. We're like the, you know, we're like the slapdick performer, you know, that's like, that's not there yet.
0: Like Crossfade opening for Creed in 2003.
1: Yeah. I don't even like, I don't know who Crossfade is. So yeah, (laughs) I guess that's, that makes sense. So yeah, like we're, we're opening for, for the greatest show in St. Louis. So yes, AJ will be with us and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we hope you tune in. We hope we see you at the racetrack and we're very excited to, to be up on a stage but we can have some fun uh, early in the morning there on Sunday uh, before the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. But yes, as you said, let's, uh, let's talk a couple bets. I think this is a very confusing weekend because kind of race is like a short track and we're not running the short track package that's been used at every other short track this year other than like Dover. So it's kind of tricky, kind of tricky on where to lean here. I think if you're a smart person, you're probably gonna wait on most things because odds suck. They're just not good. But I don't know. I, I got one bet. I'm telling I'm gonna tell Greg Mathern on Kyle Bush just because Kyle was really good here last year. Intermediate package has been good for the eight team. And Tyler Reddick was good here early on in that race. He was pretty fast before he had more problems later. But uh as Greg Mathern, full tail on Greg evaluating how Kyle was here last year, plus the eight car was pretty good. You know, it kind of feels like you're covering more uncertainty when you look at Kyle Bush for this weekend, 12 to one is what you're going to get. So I kind of like that bet, but nothing crazy.
0: I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking right here just as of lately how things have been running and from everything you've said. I, I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on uh, Bubba Wallace, 35-1, to 1, over on Barstool Sportsbook. I kind of like that play. It seems like Me too. he's been able to, uh, to whip work at some of these tracks, and with him just having the confidence build up, a little bit more success this year, I kind of want to ride that wave and see where it takes us. Plus, with the with the odds on that, you can put a little bit down and still have a great day. Um, you know, and then also looking at this, uh, I think one guy that has not really had the best of luck that that I'm thinking about trying to take a stab at this week has to be Christopher Bell. I think the best odds on him right now are 11 to one. Gibbs was was pretty good here last year, um, and that may even open up. If you really want to go as deep as it, it may open up uh, an opportunity to look and see where Ty Gibbs is at. If you really want to take a stab, um, I think he's forty to one on Barstool. Over on Caesars, Gibbs is forty to one as well. And then I've been doing a little bit of digging on Points Bet, uh, and he's already a thirty-three to one on Points Bet. So, Points Bet's kind of like I don't really bet them usually week to week, but. Some Find some good value over there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'm with you on 2311. I think, um, you know, right now when it comes to just hot streaks, like William Byron, Kyle Larson, you know, Kyle kind of tumbled this week after crashing at Charlotte, but William Byron's probably the hottest guy in the sport right now. Um, and then I, 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 w- I would say Kyle Larson pre Coke 600, but really, Bubba Wallace is on a career stretch right now and has been really fast at a lot of different racetracks, getting good finishes. I think 35 to one for Bubba Wallace is great. I think 14 to one for Tyler Reddick is not so bad either. You know, if we're running the intermediate package. Tyler Reddick was amazing at the Coke 600. If they've got raw speed again, they're going to qualify well and they're going to race well. And we saw in this race last year, really tough to pass if you get the track position, you're in a better shape. You're, you're in better shape than you would be if you're starting 10th or 15th or 20th and having a new strategy to jump, uh, jump a lot of cars and gain spots. So I think the 2311 cars are going to be good. They're going to qualify well. They're going to race well. So I like Bubba Wallace, 35 to one, 10 to one for a top three on Barstool, I think is a good line. Uh, and then Redick 14 to one over on Barstool, I think is a good line as well. So I think if you three guys, I'm going to ride the kind of hot streak of a team that seems like they're getting faster and faster. Momentum is key. Fast at a variety of different tracks. That's 2311. And we saw some hint to add more fuel to that. We saw Hendrick motorsports collectively struggle here last year. They were not great. Uh, Obviously I think Stuart Haas racing was in a little bit of a better spot last year than they are this year. Penske was really good here last year, but I'm a little worried about Penske uh, if we're using this intermediate package, but Ryan Blaney is another guy that was really good here in 2023 or 2022. Not, I don't feel great about Joey or, or Cendric, but Blaney, I, I don't know. What, what are we looking at for Blaney? Nine to one, 10 to one. I don't think that would be a bad play, but I like Kyle Bush. I like the 23, 11 guys. And uh, who knows, man, so, we've seen it. We, we saw it with Truex. X. Once you get that monkey off your back, you just never know how many more you can they Blaney could just start ripping off. Competitive yep. runs, running in the top five, leading laps, and competing for wins. And finally, the relief. That relief opens a new door for Ryan Blaney in 2023.
0: So who knows? He could go back to back. Very true on that one. Yeah, I like all these. And look, we'll have more plays out. Make sure that you watch Dale Center. On Garage Guys YouTube this week, uh, Dale's going to be diving into everything in the motorsports betting world. Uh, I do my chase for the cup segment, and Dale usually has a couple other guys that come on there to talk about the other motorsports, because we're trying to get you covered on all bases. Anything that has wheels and goes fast, we want you to be able to bet on it. That's what Dale Center is there for. So make sure that you check that out on Garage Guys YouTube this week. And, of course, make sure that you're following us on the Action Network. That is where all of our NASCAR cup series bets are placed so you can find those links in the description to this as well um but yeah i'm really excited about this race weekend i can't wait to see when we get some more prop bets coming out um i'll definitely be kind of teetering around the top tens have been really good to me this year i think i'm going to make sure that i keep riding that up i'm just now watching live on barstool sportsbook seeing where odds are changing so uh odds just got a little bit longer for some of the guys that were just here like all at one time pretty cool to see that happen um but yeah it's going to be a fun weekend i hope to see some of you guys there make sure that you tell what we are betting as always and make sure that uh if you're not subscribed to this podcast do that right now tell one person uh that you know that is a race fan about us today that may not know about us and let's keep the garage fam growing strong The Discord has been wild lately, Um, and and I think a lot of that had to do with just the hype of the greatest extended weekend in motorsports, so uh, can't wait to keep seeing what you guys have for us in there. Make sure you watch Garage Guys Report on Garage Guys YouTube, and uh, other than that, this has been another good show, always good to catch up. You and I haven't really seen each other much uh, over the past month, so it'll be good to kind of get to really catch up this weekend as we head to St. Louis, and um uh, get the uh get get the old the, the the wheels greased, I guess you would say, before we uh go live with AJ Almendinger on Sunday morning.
1: Yeah, man. I can't wait. It's gonna be gonna be a good time. It's a great event really at Worldwide Technology. I was blown away last year at both the NASCAR and the IndyCar races. So hopefully we can uh repeat with another fun event weekend at this race shack. A lot of good people involved. Uh, with Worldwide Technology Raceway, so yes, I'm excited to see you again. I'm excited to be at the track, and uh, hopefully, we can get back on the on the betting stride here in NASCAR. So
0: we're gonna all make good things ahead. We're gonna make them. I remember last year, you and I both had Logano. It was like the first time. Yeah, Lugano. it seems like we go through this weird stretch where like we're not good at outrights, but then there's this one race where you and I both just explode, and then uh, this might be that one. This could be yeah. The one.
1: Let's, let's manifest it. I feel it.
0: I know it. I like it. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We out. We will see you again next week.